think it's so important to think about how we become our identity. We have to be very careful about how we're programmed. What is in our identity? What does that cause? Because we'll automatically find more of it, whatever it is. A lot of times the authentic self is intuitively what I feel in my heart and soul, but maybe that authentic self was programmed by society. Maybe that was not programmed by you. Maybe authentic self means self-author. interesting have is the ego is the identity or the things inside of you are, are they self-authored or are they offered authored by others and it's you know we want to rationalize who we are and we want to feel good so we might want to say oh i made all the best welcome to the hacker noon podcast i'm your host trent lipinski in this episode i sit down with casey fenton he's the founder of couchsurfing and he's working on a new book about ego hacking. In this episode, we focus on ego hacking, but we also broke out the second part into its own episode about biohacking and life extension. So please stay tuned for this episode and then check out the follow-up episode on biohacking. Stay tuned. Hey, hacker. Sorry to interrupt this great podcast. It's David Smook, founder and CEO of Hacker Noon, and we're raising money for the first time, and we're doing it from the people. If you want to buy shares in Hacker Noon, visit hackernoonshares.com. Help us make the best place for tech professionals to publish. Casey, can you tell us a bit about yourself and what you're working on? Sure. Um, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on the show, Trent. I really appreciate being here. It's, uh, I get to exci- talk about two things that I'm super excited about. Yeah. So um, most people know me as one of uh, you know I'm Casey Fenton. Most people know me as one of the founders of Couchsurfing, mm-hmm. Couchsurfing.com, um, one of the largest trust experiments of all time. It's a backstage pass to the world where you can stand on someone's couch and um, experience the local way of living. So that's that's something I'm really proud of. We've you know 20 million members around the world, and uh, over the last 10, 15 years, we we built that up. I'm not working on that anymore. I worked on that for about 10 years. You're a serial entrepreneur. You've got a couple right. of projects, right? That's right. So I've um, the last few years I've been working on a couple of projects. Uh, one is called Wonder, um, and that one's actually put on pause right now. We have, we weren't able to figure out the right you know raise a couple million dollars. Haven't found the right place to go with that yet. So, but that's 360 degree feedback. Life's most important questions, average and anonymous. So you get to find out what other people are feeling about you or thinking about you, but you can't see exactly who it is. You see the average of whatever you're saying. So there's a lot of game theory there, and there's a lot of identity stuff, ego stuff, and that's kind of some of the 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 uh, you know in studying that and researching and talking with advisors. That's how I started getting into this ego hacking stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so so yeah. you've got. So I actually participated in your ego hacking event, yeah. and you're doing these events kind of all over the country or the over, world, even, the world right? even. Yeah, 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 yeah. So can you, so can you dive in and just kind of define like what is ego hacking? Sure, sure. So um, when we think of ego, we think of uh, many things. Many, mm-hmm. it's many things to many people. So it really depends on who you are, where you come at this idea, but. I think the, the, the thing about the word ego is it really is kind of triggering. And the idea of hacking, hacking this triggering thing, people want to know, what is that? So when we, when we were doing these, um, these focus groups and these workshops, what we're trying to do is we're trying to understand our egos better. If we can understand mm-hmm. them, then we can hack them. And if we can, hopefully they're hackable in such a way that we can get a better life. And I, in my experience and in my, in my research, 
this is the, this is the case. Okay. And so there's a series of techniques that you're using that you're teaching here, right. but there's there's kind of like an underlying metric. So mm -hmm. do you prefer to like go into the te techniques first when you're first teaching this, or do you prefer like kind of yeah. explaining? Because I liked how you had, uh, when I went through it at least, mm -hmm. you know, there was kind of an explanation of like, you know, if you get right. a certain number or amount of feedback yeah. from other people, mm -hmm. how that correlates. Absolutely. So um, I, I've tried to explain it in a few different ways. And again, this is very early days, so we're experimenting, mm -hmm. and that's why we're having these focus groups. Trying to say, okay, if we explain it this way, if we explain it that way, so I hope the folks at home can bear with me as we, <laughs> we you know, this is early days. People are just, this, yeah. this is probably one of the first times that this has been, um, you know, shared with the world like this. So uh, thank you for this opportunity. I hope I can deliver it in, in, a, in an understandable way. Um, so to start off, I like to say that, you know, we, we are suffering from our egos. We don't know how they work. And it's one of those things that we kind of just assume it has to be that way, mm -hmm. but it doesn't necessarily. Uh, it's the kind of thing that like, it affects our everyday life. It's, it's, it affects every interaction we have with other people. Mm -hmm. It's the kind of thing that it can destroy our plans. Like we can have the best plans in the world. We're going to change the world. We're going to improve the world. We're going to help build a company. We're going to build a project. Of, um, uh, and, but can we, if we're not the right people, we have to be the right people to make the right plans happen, to have that mm -hmm. impact in the world. So how do you become that right person? How do you become the person you want to be? So that's really at the, at the heart of what, what motivates me to create, to, to make this happen, to make, to bring this to the world. I think that, um, when it, I think that it, when it comes to, uh, advertising, advertising is using this kind of technology on us all the time. Yeah. We're constantly being ego hacked. So I would argue it's happening also in our publications, our media, like they're constantly using psychological techniques right. to manipulate, uh, you know, how we feel about things. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. even in politics, mm -hmm. especially in politics, uh, you know, you just, we just have the Kavanaugh hearings and like all the stuff that went down with that. Yeah. Like there was some ego hacking going on. There was some psychological manipulations mm -hmm. and techniques being deployed on both sides. Yeah. We're not going to go left or right here, sure. but um, you know, th these techniques are used. That's right all the time, mm -hmm. almost as a weapon against us. Absolutely, but people don't know how they're working. They, they don't understand. They can be used for good, too. They can be used for good. Yeah, so and that's least, what you're trying to do yeah. here with you know, putting together this program to be able to kind of understand you how it. to hack your yeah. ego yeah. and you know, actually use these techniques to actually improve yourself to be able to achieve your goals. Yeah, yeah you can start to recognize how you may be hacked for bad, uh, and then hopefully you can use that, those techniques that also to hack yourself mm -hmm. for good. Uh, with the help of your friends. Yeah. So that's, that's one of the key things. So, um, so you asked, like, how do we get into this? Uh, I would say that first, it's good to understand kind of that background. Like, we want to have more impact. We want to be able to be the people we want to be. Mm -hmm. But it's not that easy. So we need to um, we need to understand how we go works. And so one of the first things I like to say is that we do this thing where we have um, feedback loops on our environment. Like we're constantly interacting with our environment. We're trying to find out, okay, which thing is causing me to go I feel good. I'm going closer to the things that make me feel good. Mm -hmm. And I'm going away from the things that make me feel bad. And we start, and then our environment starts to program us. It starts to say, you know, you're smart, or you're a good auto mechanic, or you're good at, you know, Git repositories, or whatever. <laughs> you know, you're, yeah. you're a good, uh, you know, scrum master. Yeah. Uh, it could be anything. And when the, the, we can program ourselves, like I can say, I'm this. Um, I'm this or I'm not this or something like that. And then other people can program me and then they can also program me maybe in front of other people. Mm -hmm. And so 
I would, what my, uh, I think the insight, one of the core insights here is that as humans, uh, research shows that we cooperate. We want to cooperate. Cooperation gives us more. Those that cooperate usually get more than those that don't, mm -hmm. right? They survive more, they get more resources and so on. And this identity, this ego, this biological function, this is a cooperative function. And it's great for the species, but sometimes more challenging for the individual because we have to live out the diversity of, of this, uh, this ego thing. So I'd say you know, thousands of years ago, um, we could identify ourselves. Like, so we could say, I don't like you. <laughs> and then you'd say, oh, that doesn't feel good. And they say, oh, I like you. Yeah. And that would feel better. Uh, and then if they did it, a bunch of I like yous, then a little bit of I don't like you, there's a ratio there. Mm -hmm. And we're, like positive psychology says that we, that in, in research it shows that we, the middle point of, of like where the neutral point is, is two positives to one negative. Mm -hmm. So if you have two positive units of, of good feedback to one negative unit of good feedback, or sorry, one negative unit of feedback um, of, this, of similar intensities, let's say, then you are neutral. If you have one-to-one, -one, that's like so you're in, a, you're in a relationship with somebody and you have one positive, one negative, things feel really bad. Yeah. You want, you have a 95% chance of divorce within a couple of years, within a year, I believe, as I think you know, studied over many thousands of couples over 10 years, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, so there's just a lot of correlation between low feedback, rate, low feedback ratios and things breaking down. And so the theory goes that when you get high enough feedback ratio, you know, four positive, five positive to one, that's where the thriving zone is at. That's where you start to feel like really good. You feel good. And you and when so somebody you start says to identify with that. So once yeah. you start to get that positive feedback, you start to identify with, okay, you know, someone called me a good cook five yeah. times. Yeah. And you start saying, okay, I'm a good cook. Yeah, because right. I've gotten that positive feedback. Right. Whereas if I had you know, five people tell me you're a horrible cook, mm -hmm. and then only one person says you're an okay cook. I'm gonna be like, all right, I'm clearly not a good cook. Or you'd be like, cooking doesn't matter. Yeah. Cooking's irrelevant. <laughs> Cooking's stupid. That's the other yeah. response that can happen from the ego. Is exactly. the ego steps in and tries to protect you from, right. you know, the negative exactly. feedback. Yeah. So, so then if you get up to twelve to one, mm -hmm. that's where things become meaningless. Like you just nothing feels good at all. So it's like it, it's, it doesn't feel good if it's too low, and if it gets too high, things feel like totally feel out of touch with the reality. Um, I yeah. would say that like people that get such high feedback, they're susceptible to maybe abusive relationships because it lowers their feedback. If things feel more real again, you mm -hmm. gotta keep it real. So that's that's kind I, of another. I find that aspect of this really interesting because mm -hmm. I personally have experienced having that like really super high feedback on right. something. And it's like, and that almost leads to like imposter syndrome a little bit. Like mm -hmm. you feel like, wait, wait, why am I getting all this positive feedback? Like you know, the, the experience of going right. through why I'm getting this feedback didn't feel good. Right. So like what I felt going through that experience didn't feel good, but yet everyone's patting me on the back. I would argue this is what happened when I sold my last startup. Like yeah. everyone's yeah. congratulating me and I'm just like, I felt like I just ran a marathon and like I'm collapsing at the finish yeah. line. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, it's like I, the experience of it versus the feedback I got didn't right. match. Right. And there so was, then you're like, what, what's same, real? What's real? Like, I, yeah. I, and you feel really awkward. Very awkward. Yeah. Because yeah. you don't, because the social feedback you're getting yeah. versus mm -hmm. what you just experienced, it's like, they're just not, yeah. they're, they're not, not aligned. aligned. Absolutely. And that screws with your ego and yeah. it, it leads to imposter syndrome. It leads mm -hmm. to your ego just like 
not knowing what to do because sometimes you're like, okay, I can be that person that this feedback's saying, yeah. but then you don't feel like you're that person. Yeah, you just and want to run away. Exactly. Want to, like, I just want to go, to, <laughs> take, go get on a flight somewhere and just go and disappear or something yeah. like that. Or just change it up. Something needs to change. I don't know what I it is. Went to Hawaii for three weeks. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yo, you got a great tech story you want to get published? Maybe something about bots taking over Twitter or how Bitcoin actually works? Or maybe you just have a story about how to build a great software, a great team. Get your expertise published on Hacker Noon. Email us, stories at hackernoon.com. And a real human will review your submission. Okay, so, so there we are. We have this idea that we have these feedback ratios. We go towards the things that, are, mm -hmm. that we like, to, away from the things that are feeling good. But then there's another layer on it. I would argue that a few thousand number, a few thousand years ago, maybe 50, maybe 100 maybe 200, I don't know. We started to do this thing called external identification. So not only if somebody says, I like you, what if they say, I like your house or I like your Saab. You know, I grew up building Saab automobiles and we're working on them a lot. So if somebody says, I like the Saab, it's like they said, I like me. Like they said, Casey, now, now my feedback ratio is affected by the things in my environment. Mm -hmm. how, how weird. Oh, how did that come to be? And I'd argue in the last hundred years, it's gotten even more like just amplified. Sure. Um, so like when I was younger, like it was the whole Mac versus PC thing. Sure. So like yeah. I was identified as the Mac user right. and you know, that became part of my external identity and like people would judge other people based on what computer they use. Right. I mean now in 2018, that's a little less, you know, it's like whatever you use, whatever computer you use. But sure. like, I mean, even with smartphones, I would argue there's still some, like, oh, you're an Android user, like, right. oh, you're an iPhone right. user, there's still... People externally identify. Yeah. It is what we do every day all the time. Oh, you're a cook? I love cooks. <laughs> I hate cooks, you know? <laughs> okay, so it's like, I, uh, if I said I love cooks and somebody's a cook, they feel like I just said I love them. Mm -hmm. That's interesting, right? So we have this, this thing, and we're going through life, and we're constantly trying to add to our positive identity and maybe remove from our negative identity and... Yeah. Then if our feedback ratio goes too low, let's say, let's say you're at two to one. So you're right on the edge of like feeling maybe bad, but it's kind of neutral. It's still in the maybe okay zone. Um, and somebody says, you know, uh, Saab automobiles, you know, I, they know I grew up making building Saabs or something in my driveway, but they said, those, those cars are horrible. They're, they're a Saab story, right? <laughs> then I, I would be like, oh, I don't, I don't really want to take on that, that identity yeah. or take on that reality. So then I have two or three options. One option is I could go and take ibuprofen or maybe maybe a drink alcohol or something, and that, that calms the amygdala, the, the part mm -hmm. of the brain that would feel the, the, the pain of that lower feedback ratio potentially. Um, that would be if like, you know, some people calm it that way. But the two traditional ways that we do this, that we solve this problem of low feedback ratio or, or ego debt as it's called, mm -hmm. uh, when, you go, when, you're, when you've got too low of a feedback ratio, you get ego debt. Um, and then versus the opposite would be ego banking when you're getting a lot of positive and you're banking it up. Uh, when you get that low, when you get it low, it, you can, the one thing that a lot of people do that really doesn't serve them usually is they, they, take, they create a story. That, that, you know, this person doesn't know. They don't know auto mechanics. What do they know about solids? They don't know about turbochargers. Turbochargers are amazing. Come on. You know, and then I'm creating a story about why they're wrong. Mm -hmm. right? And mostly to make myself feel better. Yeah. Not necessarily based on anything more than that. Yeah. It's uh, to protect your own ego. Yeah. I have a feeling it doesn't feel good and I'm going to create a rationale that makes myself feel better. Mm -hmm. So when you do this too much, you get reality debt. 
Yeah. So that reality that's not good. Now you've got a model of the world that's not really matching what other people's average reality is, or at least maybe the, the average reality of the world or the, the world itself, let's say, whatever that is. Well, I would argue social media also really plays into this. If you look mm -hmm. at like Instagram and Facebook, mm -hmm. like they paint this picture of, you know, because people curate what they put online. Right. So they, you know, they're constantly putting, oh, this, you know, they took this amazing picture, you know, right. of them doing a yoga pose mm -hmm. on a beach. Yeah. Like you don't know that like, you know, 10 minutes after that, they got mugged and yeah, like, they had a you know, argument with the girlfriend. And yeah. Just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and it's like, you know, you don't know the story. All yeah. you see is that one like moment that may or may not be real. And you're seeing all of those moments from all of these people on social media. And then you compare it to your own life and like, oh, I feel low. Now I feel like my feedback ratio is low. Yeah. So that's where you can get the, 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 the depression or then you can create a story. Uh, social media is horrible. Or you can create a story. <laughs> these other people at that vacation is stupid. Or another story, or whatever the story is that can feel good. And stories can be okay. You just have to be very careful about and aware when you're doing it. Because you, if you create enough reality, that that can harm you. Yeah. That can come back full swing and, and smack you around. But so, the, but the healthy thing to do is to be depressed. Actually, that's <laughs> actually healthy. And I'm not talking about chronic depression. I'm not talking about depression yeah. that you're you know, chronically depressed and you're always depressed and it's just suffering from that. That's a, a bigger problem. That's another problem. Mm -hmm. But a healthy thing to do is you get depressed for a little bit. You're like, oh boy, uh, they said that they don't like sobs. Um, <laughs> maybe I'll think about that. Is there something they know that I'm not being aware, I'm not aware of? Let me think about that. Maybe I should talk to that person about that. Mm. Maybe, you know, they said that I'm not taking out the trash. And uh, I thought I was, and but it was. I wanted to create a story about how it was really somebody else's fault because they didn't get enough trash bags or something. <laughs> but you know, you know what? Maybe there's something that I just don't really want to take out the trash. It doesn't feel good. Maybe, maybe there's something else going on in my life. It's making me not feel like I want to take out the trash, or I'm just not the trashy kind of guy. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. But you, you, it's good to go to that slightly depressed place where you're like, oh, let me just stay in tonight and think about this issue. Mm -hmm. Trying to get to the truth, trying to identify with somebody who gets to the truth of it, rather than somebody who gets to what feels good. Yeah. So sometimes people ask me, Casey, what do you, what kind of people do you like? What kind of people are interesting for you? And I always say, people I like optimize for understanding reality over what feels good. Those mm -hmm. are the people I can trust. Yeah. Those are the people I know that in the end of the day, they're going to try to make things come together and try to make things good. So I think depression, a little bit of it is, yeah. is a healthy thing. No, I mean, I think it's actually, I, I, it's fascinating to hear you say that because, you know, we, so much of our society is about how to not be depressed and how to mm -hmm. not feel a certain way. Sure. Um, so, it, you know, there's definitely something to, feeling depression and allowing it to teach you yeah. what it's trying to teach you because it's you know a lot of people like you know we all take you know a lot of people take antidepressants sure. they're you know self-medicating with mm -hmm. whatever so, um yeah. to try and not feel depression but you're feeling depression for a reason right and if you actually sit with your depression and like analyze why am i feeling this way mm -hmm you can actually come to conclusions that can lead you to actually make changes in your yeah. life yeah. that take you out of depression exactly. without yeah. having to look for an external solution. Absolutely. Um, because it's it's an indicator that something's, something's not right. Something's not congruent. Something's not yeah. working, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, there's so much emphasis in our society about, oh, you're depressed. You need to go, right. you know, do something externally. You need to go do this. You need to go do that. You need to go take this drug, you need to, you know, go to therapy for, you know, eight hours a day, you know, whatever. Um, and, you know, sometimes you just need to sit with it. Yeah, 
it's so true. It's so, it's so healthy. It, you get to have insights and you get to make a change in your world. Mm -hmm. And then that ends the chronic depression. That ends the, or at least ends the, the you, you, you cut it off at the past. You, you end it at its source. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of, you, you, it's a Band-Aid versus a uh, painkiller, I guess. And it's, and it's not to say that, you know, chronic depression and predisposition, genetic predisposition to depression yeah. doesn't exist. It, yeah. it does. Absolutely. Yeah, this, but this is on average. This is like trying yeah. to say, you know, they're, they're, they're outlying conditions, of course, and all kinds of issues. So this is for the just, average person, you come in and out of depression. Yeah. And it's normal. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So that, so after we talk about that sometime in this, in this talk, we do, uh, and it's usually like we do like 15 people mm -hmm. in the focus group kind of to get, get feedback on this, this project because we're actually writing a book about it too. It was started off as the book about couch surfing. And then it was like, well, that, that story is interesting, but to make it a bestseller, we need something more. And so I said, okay, well, what if it's about ego hacking, trust hacking, uh, destiny hacking? Mm -hmm. And the, the publishers, uh, the, the, sorry, the literary agents were like, yeah, ego <laughs> hacking, that's the one. I was like, well, I've been thinking about this for a while. Last 20 years, I've been kind of simmering on this. I've been doing some of my own tests. Yeah. Uh, me and my friends, we've been doing experiments together. Uh, there's something here, and I explained it to her, and she's like, that's it. That's the one. So we've mm -hmm. been full steam ahead on that, on that, that book. Pretty excited about that. Uh, it's going to be at, well, I guess it's at thecouchsurfingstory.com, but it's going to be about the ego hacking story as well. Yeah. Uh, hey, yo, you got a great tech story you want to get published? Maybe something about bots taking over Twitter or how Bitcoin actually works? Or maybe you just have a story about how to build a great software, a great team. Get your expertise published on Hacker Noon. Email us, stories at hackernoon.com, and a real human will review your submission. But, so anyway, to, to get back into the ego hacking and to take it, like, what would be the next step? So if it's true that um, if we let's say it like this, I think it's true that we like to do and become what other people want us to be or do mm -hmm. for social cohesion. Like we're born in this world and we are tormented by what other people think about us, right? Yeah. Because of these feedback ratios and because, because it's a good thing for society. It's like we're born and we have compassion, we have empathy and we care what other people think. And that's healthy, although it might not feel good in certain moments. It's mostly good because for social cohesion, it helps us like all work together, live together, and be here. Modern society could not exist without people being tormented about what other people think of them, right? <laughs> so it's better to be born like that and then spend a lifetime trying to like soften that a bit mm -hmm. in the right ways than the opposite, imagine the opposite. You're born and you don't care about what other people think. Yeah, It's like a sociopath. Yeah. Sociopaths don't care what other people think. They just don't feel anything. And they do exist. I mean, they do. I think 8% up to 8% of some some of that, some of varying ranges of sociopaths, as what I've read. And it's interesting because I've studied a little bit as well, and I've possibly come across one or two of those people in my life yeah. before. And it's, you know, it on one level, like, they almost seem alien. So, like, for someone like me where, like, I'm very empathic and, mm -hmm. like, very kind of in touch with my emotional side. So, like, to come across someone who's not, it's like, there's, like, both this, like, attraction because it's, mm -hmm. like, you're different. And, like, you can identify that, like, there's something different there. Yeah. But then at the same time, it's almost like you're, I don't know, like, it's almost a little alien. Like, there's 
there's something where it's like it's very it's a very interesting psychology to yeah. come across someone yeah. that is a sociopath. And being a sociopath also doesn't necessarily mean that you're evil or bad. No, absolutely not. It just means don't that feel as much in those ways. Correct. They just don't have that same like empathy that other people have. Yeah. Um, and it's and even like and I some of the people that I would know that I would even classify as possibly being sociopaths, they do care. Yes. There's no, there's a difference between caring and empathy. Right. They just can't understand how others feel. They might not just, they might not, from what I understand, uh, limited understanding, of course, is it, they may not feel it as much. Like yeah. They just might not be as tormented by what other people think. Yeah. Or they might not feel, oh my God, that, that, that empathy as, as much. But that doesn't mean they're great people and functioning in this in society. But I do think if everyone was born that way, it would be hard to... Uh, have that social cohesion, people okay. naturally becoming what other people want them to what them to be. There's research out there that says you become the five people you spend time with. Basically the same thing. It's mm -hmm. you you become what the five people you spend time with want you to be even more. I think that's a bit even more correct way to say it in my experience. Mm -hmm. So what does this mean? If it's true that we become what other people want us to be, that it follows that we are basically programmed by others. Yeah. More than we can program ourselves. A lot of the self-help stuff out there, a lot of the technologies for improving oneself have to do with kind of doing it on your own or uh, you know, just making this decision or making a regimen. But I would argue that it's a lot harder to change yourself on your own than it is for other people to change you. Yeah. It's that other people can hack your ego more easier than you can hack your own ego. And I would argue the big difference is time. Yeah. So like, because I've personally had to try to, I, I've been like experimenting with meditation and like all these different techniques to yeah. kind of, you know, raise my self-awareness and yeah. be able to understand. And I mean, even just for doing podcasting, mm -hmm. like I had to learn how to be present, be able to have these mm -hmm. kinds of conversations, do interviews. Like mm -hmm. there's techniques that I use when I'm doing an interview, I'm right. doing it right now. Right now. Um, so, you know, all of that kind of stuff, it, it takes a lot of time. Mm -hmm. You have to learn, to be able to, you know, go into that state, be present and mm -hmm. like really, really self-analyze and allow, you know, uncomfortable thoughts and uncomfortable ideas to present themselves mm -hmm. and learn how to separate yourself emotionally from, yeah. from those ideas and those thoughts. And it is, it's sometimes painful. Um, it's agonizing. Like it can put you in a depressed state temporarily. Mm -hmm. um, it's difficult and it takes time. You literally have to do this like 20 to you know, 20 minutes to an hour a day and mm -hmm. take that time to meditate and yeah. allow yourself to almost do this on a regular yeah. daily basis. Yeah. And it's very like, it, it, it takes time. It's a journey. Yeah. yeah. And it's, whereas if you're getting feedback from other people, mm -hmm. the results are almost instantaneous. Yeah. Almost instant. Yeah. And if you get the right ratio of feedback mm -hmm. in a short period of time, it makes a significant change yeah. rapidly. I think so. In my, in my experience, when uh, somebody you really trust or somebody you look up to or maybe three or four of your friends, uh, if they say, you know, you're, maybe, you, maybe you're somebody you didn't, you didn't see yourself as getting things done. You're not getting enough done, mm -hmm. right? Now, if three of your friends are like, you're somebody who gets things done. Well, or you're getting more things done or look at the evidence that you're getting things done. And then they even say it in front of other people. They say it maybe on social media or they say it at a group party or something and then other people cooperate they're like, yeah that's right I've, I've seen that right you're instantly programmed right you yeah. instantly what happens is when you whatever identity you have whatever's in there whether it's given to you by your friends your family society yourself whatever 
those are the things that your ma meaning-making machine, your, your neuro neurological, you know, your neurons, mm -hmm. your pattern-matching machine, find in your environment. Like in a complex world, you'll find whatever you're looking for. You'll find a pattern for anything, really, yeah. practically. Uh, and if your pattern is, you know, I'm not enough, or I'm not a good cook, or I'm not um, getting things done, you're going to find patterns that, that corroborate that. If that's the, the, the current um, identity you have, but if you want to change that, and some and, and you're interacting with other people, like yeah, why? Do you, if they ask you, why do you think you're not getting things done? Well, they're just confirming that you're not getting things done. They're confirming at a low level, at this kind of limbic system level, that they see you as somebody who's not getting things done. They're reconfirming it yeah. at a very low level. So that doesn't help as much. It, what helps more is that's funny. I see you as getting things done. In fact, just yesterday you worked for seven hours mm -hmm. straight with no stops, right? That was getting a lot of things done. Twelve hour day, maybe a twelve hour day. Maybe a 12 hour day. So, yeah, so you're getting things done, uh, and you know, talk about the evidence. The, the more authentic it is, obviously, the better because it's more real. But you've got to get people thinking about, and you need to give them a kernel of that new identity. So maybe you want to get that kernel. So ask your friends, hey, can you help me get that kernel of new identity? Because once I get that kernel, it's a snowball. It's then in my mean make machine when I'm going through the world, it will just start to see all the patterns all around me. The, of me, oh, there I am getting things done. Oh, that's what they said. They told me I was getting things done. Self-fulfilling prophecy. And it that's raises the, the awareness too of, uh, you know. Automatic awareness. Exactly. You start seeing, it, as you said, the patterns of this. So I think for the audience, it'd be actually kind of interesting if you could ego hack me right now. Sure. Um, so okay. my intention is to become a better interviewer and, okay. you know, podcaster. So yeah. ego hack me. Well, it's funny that you, I mean, are you, do you, have you, it's funny that you're asking that because to me, it sounds like I've already heard evidence of like three or four things. First of all, you have a growth mindset about improving this. You talked about in the past and you're improving over time. That really stood out to me. And so that made me think that there's no limit to the amount, to, to where you could get when you're, you know, as an interviewer. Um, I've seen you looking at me smiling. You're making me feel really comfortable, um, not making a big deal out of things. Uh, there's just so many things that you've already done and uh, us getting together. To, to do this interview, that I feel like this is a quality interview. This is somebody that I feel comfortable with, I can open up to. This is somebody that I feel like I want to be on their blog or their video blog. Or, yeah. you know, this is, I feel, so, because of who you are, I feel proud to be associated with you. See, this feels pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just got some good social feedback. Yeah. I, you know, now I'm going to, now yeah. with that feedback, yeah. you know, I'm, that's going to, I just got a positive boost to my yeah, ratio. Yeah, now. yeah. So, you know, that is going to be something that's going to come yeah. up when I'm thinking about, hey, you know, maybe I had a bad interview, you know, in another interview in the future or yeah, something. Get a little ego banking. Exactly. Yeah. So now I've got I've got this to kind of reflect back on. Mm -hmm. And I could have I could have done it where I said, Oh, why do you think you're not a good interview? Oh, come on, you know. And and then I now I'm reconfirming at so at a low level because you know, you have the neocortex, which can understand complex talk, complex ideas, but the limbic system, it really only understands, like almost understands like tonality and body language more than it even understands words. You can't mm -hmm. understand like double negatives and all kinds of stuff like that. So, so I, if I just sit, sat here and looked at you and smiled, like, ah, 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 yeah, you know, like it's, it's just making positive sounds at you that <laughs> all, often will have a similar effect, right? So, uh, or it could be like, right? And that but, expresses a negative. Right. Yeah.
Hey, yo, you got a great tech story you want to get published? Maybe something about bots taking over Twitter or how Bitcoin actually works? Or maybe you just have a story about how to build a great software, a great team. Get your expertise published on Hacker Noon. Email us stories at hackernoon.com and a real human will review your submission. To make the ego hack more powerful, uh, what you can do is to speak more to the limbic system, more to the emotions. Mm -hmm. And to speak to the emotions, instead of talking, um, like focusing on the words, it's the delivery of the words. You make the words many times more powerful by saying, like, if I grab your shoulder and I say, you are an amazing interviewer. <laughs> Look at the, I'm beaming over yeah. here with the, the, the feeling of being on your show. Yeah. Thank you so much for being <laughs> here and, and giving me this opportunity to be, to hang out with you. Yeah. Right. Versus if I just kind of look at you with no emotion, I'm like, thank you so much for the uh, opportunity to be here. It's really nice. And um, uh, thanks again. It's really nice. Thank you. Right. That it's, was the hardest part when we were doing the uh, when I was doing your ego hacking program was like trying to not have emotion mm -hmm. when you're like talking to the other person and like trying to express it like I mean. At first, like I had to reset because I just started giggling. Like right, I yeah, couldn't yeah. help it. It's just it seems so awkward to just have to like purposely remove the emotion mm -hmm, from it. Mm -hmm. And then when the other person was talking to me and had to remove the emotion from it, it just it didn't resonate. There was nothing there. It was there was no empty words. Yeah, it was just like okay, whatever. Like mm -hmm. I it just was like brushed it off. I don't yeah. even remember what they said to me. Yeah. Well, whereas the positive emotional stuff yeah. had an impact. Right. And it's like, and I still thought about it for almost like another week or two later. Like it kept coming up, even though I knew yeah. that we were being ego hacked and this yeah. was a part of an ego hacking kind of workshop. Right. And, and we even did a test where we said, okay, let, we're going to say things that are not true. We know mm -hmm. they're not true. We're going to be completely A black shirt? Really? You have a, <laughs> you're wearing a black shirt? Who wears black shirts? You know, like in, in this way, right? Or like, oh my God, a black shirt. This is amazing. I love this shirt. This is an incredible shirt. Mm -hmm. Where where did you get this shirt? <laughs> yeah. And so, these things are what controls that kind of ratio yeah. of that positive and negative feedback yeah. and how that kind of like how and we don't realize that these ratios exist and mm -hmm. it's like it's it's a part of how our brain functions. Yeah. And it's it's, it's, it's built into our DNA. These things yeah. exist regardless of who you are, where you are. And pretty it starts much. when you're a kid. Mm -hmm. Because actually you and I both had something kind of similar where when we were both kids, we were both told we were smart. Right. And that kind of then led, you know, this like social belief system that, you know, other people were telling you you're smart. But I can tell you there were plenty of times in my life when I didn't feel smart, mm -hmm. but I was getting the feedback that I'm smart. Yeah. And it was actually like conflicting. Yeah. Yeah. Or I would get, I, I had this thing because I was, I was given a, a couple of things that were like a fixed mindset, like you're smart mm -hmm. or you're very smart or something like this. And then other things that were like, a growth mindset, like you're a hard worker. So in, in the things that I was given a fixed mindset, and this is very like Carol Dweck, her work, she's from yeah. Stanford, great work on growth mindset. But the things that were given a, a fixed mindset, like you're smart, I never wanted to put myself in a situation that would jeopardize my smartness. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, should I go over here? It's gonna challenge and it might make me not look smart or not yeah. feel smart. No, I'm not gonna go over there. That doesn't matter. You know, that's irrelevant. Those aren't, those aren't <laughs> important things, right? And th but then I was, thank God my father, gave me a, uh, you know, you're a hard worker. Look at you, you just, you just never stop. You're, you persevere, you just keep working on that sob in the driveway, days and days, mm -hmm. right? So that gave me this, I don't give up. I keep going, no matter what gets difficult, I just keep trudging on. 
So do you have any kind of like final thoughts on ego hacking? Because I'd like to get into one other topic that I know is pretty important to you as well. Yeah. So I think that we, I think it's so important to think about how we become our identity. So we have to be, we have to be very careful about how we're programmed. What is in our identity? What does that cause? Because we'll automatically find more of it, whatever it is. And you think about the authentic self. A lot of times the authentic self is intuitively what I feel in my heart and soul, but maybe that authentic self was programmed by society. Maybe that was not programmed by you. Maybe it wasn't selected by you. Authentic self means Mm self-authoring. Apparently I heard the other night. So uh, that's interesting. Is the ego, is the identity, or the things inside of you, are are they self-authored? Or are they authored by others? And it's, you know, we want to rationalize who we are and we want to feel good. So we might want to say, oh, I I made all that stuff. Yeah. But did we? Um, How would one go about creating the person that you want to be? keeping in mind, we become our positive or negative identities. Like, for instance, if you were uh, early on in life told, oh, you're a criminal, right? You're in the criminal justice system. Mm -hmm. Well, if society is telling you you're a criminal, what are you going to do? You're going to find evidence of being a criminal. criminal, And you'll be that. It can snowball, I think. So that's something that the criminal justice system, I think, in the United States, using labels like that is the biggest disservice. Mm -hmm. They wonder, why do people get in the system and they can't get out? Well, they're told that's who you are. Yeah. Of course you can't. Get and out. I think and so the biggest be, thing should be called the, the reforming system, the improving, the evolving anything. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think the biggest thing here, you know, for anyone who's looking to ego hack themselves is it's about getting your friends and it's about getting your family and it's about getting the people around you right. that you spend the most time with yeah. to positively reinforce you for the things that you want to be positively reinforced with. Mm-hmm. And even though you will tell them, hey, can you positively reinforce me mm-hmm. for this? When I'm doing this action, can you possibly give me that good right. feedback? Yeah. You know, tell me, show me the evidence. Yep. Give yeah, me, give me positive feedback on this. Even though you know that you've told them to do that, it doesn't matter. It still works. It still works. Yeah, absolutely. And where can people find you? Sure, um, you could go to caseyfenton.com if you just want to connect with me directly. Um, you could also uh, go to um, you know the Couchsurfing story if you want to uh, get a copy of the book when it comes out. Um, you can also uh, go to upstock.io. Upstock.io is where I am working on a, a pretty big project. It's worker equity as a service. So, mm-hmm. I mean, so many people out there were suffering because we can't, we can't work on projects with people and give them ownership in a way that's like powerful and people believe in. They have mm-hmm. to suffer through, suffer through these stock options. All yeah. this crap. Sweat equity. Yes. So this, sweat, <laughs> this, this is a sweat equity system that is what the Fortune 1000s are using. Yeah. But instead of paying a million dollars for them, you can just get a software as a service for a lot less. Yeah. So cool. invite people over there to chat with me if you're interested in equity uh, and equity systems. I love talking about that stuff too. Like how do we get... You our... might have to have another episode. Or have yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so that would be about organizational life. It's been kind of crazy. Yeah, it yeah. took a little while to get this figured out, but maybe we can get you on the show again sure. uh, You know, later Thanks, on. Trent. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, the definitely. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, thank you again for coming on and sharing all this knowledge with everyone. Yeah. And thank you for making the show so great and inspiring so many people across the world with your interesting and very topics. Uh, I think (laughs) a lot of people, it brings a smile to their face and it it has a meaning. I think the number of lives you've affected, um, I can't, you know, can't count that many, can't count that high, but, uh, it's, yeah, for the ego. (laughs) Yes. Just saying it as it is. And I'm saying things are true. Yeah. So just, I mean, again, I can say an infinite number of negative or positive things about anybody. Let's just make people, make sure people know what we appreciate about them. Agreed. So that they can have that ego banking so that they can 
give it give it their all. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show Pleasure. and share this knowledge with everyone, and uh, hopefully we can get it to a lot of people. All right. Awesome. Cheers. Thank, Thank you. you. If you enjoyed this episode, check out the second part of our interview with Casey Fenton, where we dive into biohacking and life extension. I'm your host, Trent Lipinski. Please don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on social media. You can also find us at hackernoon.com and podcast.hackernoon.com for more episodes. Thank you for listening.